Welcome to Destiny Revival Ministries Sermon of the Week. Thank you for joining us. You can stay up to date through our social media or give from the link in the details. We hope this message blesses you. We're going to get into the Word this morning and I'm certain you're going to be super encouraged. Say say this with me. I have come come to receive receive the Word of the Lord today. Say this. I open my heart for the incorruptible Word to come, to penetrate the soil of my heart and to produce in my life a 30, a 60 or a hundredfold return. Say, I thank You for the harvest of God's Word being produced in my life. Say that I am a believer. I walk in the fruit of the Spirit, even though sometimes I don't always wanna walk in the fruit of the Spirit. It's a choice. I thank You for the grace of God that empowers me in those moments when I am tempted to say something I shouldn't, that I will respond and react from an attitude of love. I will be conscious that the fruit of the Spirit works in me and through me in everything that I do so that the people that are getting me upset will see Jesus in me. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord a shout of praise. Don't look at me like that. You know it's the truth. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, we're going to continue this morning. Um, I, I want to just quickly, because I know not last week, the week before, uh, I, I was just trying to do a recap last Sunday and I never got to it, but I just want to start by saying this. We started two Sundays ago with the parable of Jesus in the book of Mark, uh, the fourth chapter. And that is the parable where, where Jesus begins and He says to them, if you don't understand this parable, how will you then understand any of my parables? That's Mark chapter four. Jesus, how many of you know, spoke in parables and He told stories in parables and locked up in the parables were mysteries and amazing truth that would be life-changing. Are you with me? And, and, uh, and, and remember this, that Jesus wasn't just a philosopher. He wasn't just a good man. He wasn't just a man full of wisdom. He was the Son of God Himself, the very person, the Son of Almighty God, walked the face of the earth, the embodiment of God. Are you with me? 100% man, 100% God. He wasn't just a man that came to dish out principles. Buddha did that. Are you with me? Confucius had principles for us. And yes, there are principles that we get to understand and principles are great. But remember this, we're not governed by, by principles. We're governed by the life of God's Spirit working on the inside of us, amen? And if the Holy Spirit in us, which He is, 
The Bible declares that them that are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. And so if the Spirit of God dwelling in you is the one who is um, taking the priority role in your life, the overflow of the Holy Spirit working in you is going to manifest the same nature of Jesus Christ and coupled with the nature of Jesus Christ is the principles that He came with. Do you understand? Jesus wasn't a, 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 a man that was um, trying to be morally right at all times. So you're with me. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm not saying that He, he was completely moral 100% of the time, perfect. He was the spotless Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world and He did that perfectly for us. And we can say, Amen, because you and I are redeemed because of what He did. Amen. Are you with me? Stay with me here. Jesus was. He never was given a book full of principles to become something better. Are you with me? So, so, so what I'm saying is the Holy Spirit inside of you leads you to manifest the fruit of the Spirit because without the fruit of the Spirit, you can do things in your own strength, but you can only do them for a certain amount of time. But with the help of God's power and His anointing, you can do all things. Why? Because He gives you strength. So Jesus speaks in parables. He says, unless you understand this one, you'll never understand any of them. And then He proceeds to talk about the seed of the, uh, the, the sower sows the seed. And He's talking about the seed like a farmer who sows the seed into the ground. And, 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 and then the affairs of life come and the, the wayside, the stony soil, all these different categories of soil where the seed of incorruptible life is, is falling upon it and has no ability to produce anything in the life of anybody. And then over into the good category, there's the 30, the 60 and the 100 fold where the life of that seed, the incorruptible seed of God's Word can penetrate the soil of a man's heart and then begin to produce at a 30, 60 and 100 fold. All right, now I wanted to share that because I wanted to go to, not that you need to go there really quickly, but, but if you go all the way to the book of Romans, you'll also see that the Bible says, uh, and I mentioned this, but I just wanted to make sure I finished the point because I realised that I didn't two weeks ago. The Bible says, I beseech you, brethren, I believe it's Romans chapter 12, verse one and two. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of Christ, that you present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy, uh, as, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable before God, which is your reasonable service. And then it says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Somebody say transformed. Yes. By the renewing of your mind. Somebody put your hand on your mind. Say, this mind is transformed by the Word of God. The Word of God renews my mind to the reality of my born again spirit. Are you with me? All right, you can take your hand off your head right now. Thank you. Hallelujah. Everybody go ahead. Do this really quickly. This is just a little exercise. Go ahead and touch your chin. Okay, I did it wrong. I messed it all up. I was supposed to say, go ahead and touch your nose, but I messed it up. Everybody goes ahead and they still put their hand on their chin anyway. But anyway, I don't know why. That was totally random. I totally messed it up. It's like, you know, the guy that tells joke that messes up and tells the punchline first. That's what I just did right there. I'm going to move along. 
Move along, moving right along. All right, so the Bible says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what it is that good, acceptable and perfect will of God. But that Scripture is talking about the renewing of your mind. How do we renew our mind? With the Word of God. And then it says the the good, the acceptable and the perfect will of God. When Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, He said this, He says, unless you understand this parable, you won't understand any of them. Then He talks about the different categories of soil. And then He says 30, 60 and 100. Are you with me? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what it is, the good 30, the acceptable 60, the perfect 100. Are you with me? Will of God. So in other words, the degree, all of that to say this before I move forward, the degree to which you will renew your mind will be the degree to which you walk in the will of God. I'll say that one more time. The degree to which you have your mind renewed will also be equally the degree to which you will manifest the will of God for your life. So how many of you believe that getting your mind renewed is important? And then we touched on the fact that what does that word look like? Somebody say that the Word is Jesus. Somebody say this, the Word is a person. (laughs) Jesus is the manifestation. He is the physical manifestation of the Word. The Bible says right from the beginning, when God spoke into existence, He said, uh, even he even speaks about, he says, then God says, let us create man in our image. And and then he says, the Holy Spirit hovers across the waters. Uh, uh, You know, obviously the Holy Spirit is the part of the Godhead. He is the power of God. He executes the Word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. The Word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father is Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So when we are renewing our minds to the Word of God, we're not just talking about words on paper. When we are renewing our minds to the Word of God, what that means, we are becoming more and more conformed into the image of the Word. And His name is Jesus. You know, the New American Standard Bible actually says, now faith comes by the hearing and by the hearing of the Word of God. Okay, so exactly. Most translations will actually have the Word God there. Not that I'm trying to split hairs. It's not what I'm doing. I'm just trying to point a picture to you. The New American Standard Bible says, faith comes by the hearing and hearing by the Word of Christ. Person who is the Word. And, and this is the example that I bring up to you every single time that I actually talk about this, um, is how many of you, if, if faith comes by, by the hearing and by the hearing of the Word of God, then let's take some Scripture and then let me ask you if, if, if there's any faith stirred up in your heart as you hear it, like there was a law in the Old Covenant in the book of, I believe it's in Leviticus or Numbers, on how, how God instructed the children of Israel how to go to the commode. Did anybody just have faith stirred up inside of them right now? 
All right, so you didn't have any faith. So faith comes by the hearing and by the hearing of the Word of God. All right, so that's part of the Word of God, is it not? Okay, so, so in other words, when we say faith comes by the hearing and by the hearing of the Word of Christ, we're being more specific. In other words, faith comes by the revelation of Jesus inside of that Word. Well, how does going to the commode stir up any faith inside of me? Like, you know, and this is, I'm saying that many of you already know the answer to this because I've said it probably a couple of times here, but I'm gonna go ahead and say it one more time. God gave them instructions because He did not want them to go ahead and do what they wanted to do. And you just have to use the word do twice to understand what I'm talking about. (laughs) Twice in a row. He wanted to do their stuff outside of the city gate. And the, the King James Version is very eloquent and basically it says this in kind of modern day King James Version, take thy spade on the side of thine belt and go and proceed outside of the city gate and dig for thyself a hole in the ground and remove that which cometh from thee. That's what it says. And then obviously cover it up afterwards. So how does that stir up faith? Well, it doesn't right on the onset, but if faith comes by hearing the Word of Christ, that brings me to say, Father, I thank You that through Your Word from Genesis to Revelation, reveal Christ to me in that Word. Let faith, Lord, show me something. Because remember, the Old Covenant is Christ hidden and the New Covenant is Christ revealed, right? Okay, so, so how do we learn anything from that? Jesus had to be taken outside of the city gate, put on a dung hill, by the way, and He was beaten and of everything that, which came from us. Just like the children of Israel, they had to go and defecate and the Bible says that which cometh from thee and they covered it over. Jesus went out and everything that came from Him, the Father. The, actually, you know, the Lord turned away His face from, from His Son. Why have you forsaken me, Jesus said. Just for a brief moment, are you with me? Then Jesus cries, it is finished. But the point is, He took upon His body outside the city gate, all of our sins. And so the picture there is when they went to do what they did outside the city gate, it is a symbol of the sin, just like Jesus, the spotless Lamb of God, went to the cross, took all of our sin. That sin represents all of the filth and the dirt that was cleansed because of the finished work of Jesus upon the body of Jesus. Now, does faith come from seeing that? Okay, why? Because the mystery of Christ hidden has been revealed to you. Amen? Amen? Amen. So say this with me. Faith comes comes by the hearing hearing of the Word of Christ. Christ. Say this with me. Faith comes comes by seeing seeing and understanding understanding by the Spirit of Revelation the person of Jesus in His Word. Oh, come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but that excites me. So 
When we renew our minds to the Word of God and the seed of God's Word that is able to produce life on the inside of us, for it to bear fruit or for it to come to that 30, 60 and 100 fold, it is because the spirit of revelation is breathing upon that Word for the seed of God's Word to be able to produce and do what it needs to. Why? Because you are now rightly dividing the Word of truth. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved. The study of God's Word, and I will never discourage anybody because let me just tell you now, if you just wanna use the Word as a tool for principles for your life, be my guest. Why? Because guess what? The rain rains on the unjust and the just. The, 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 listen, the, the principles that are inside of that Word will still work for anybody. And then all we have is we, we are meeting with God at a certain level. Are you with me? When God Himself is wanting to, to, to reveal who He is to us at a much greater level than just that. So renewing your mind isn't just filling your, your, your mind up with words on paper. Amen? Come on, somebody. Come on. I don't want, I don't just want words on paper. I want the person of Jesus. I want his life working on the inside of me. I want the manifestation of who He is to flow in me and through me. Not through formula. He isn't a formula. He's a person. And He wants you to have a revelation of who He is. Amen? All right. Which brings me to my next point. Say this with me. The rest of faith. All right. If you have your Bibles, you can go with me to the book of Palms. I mean Psalms. <laughs> Chapter number 23. Praise God. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in Greece. Greece. <laughs> In green pastures. Uh, I'm thinking about too much fat right now. The Bible also says that if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the fat of the land. So I was thinking about Greece right now. Just excuse my mind. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still quiet waters and He restores my soul. Come on. The Lord is my shepherd. Say that with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Say this, He makes me lie down in green pastures. Now we'll get into some more of this here, but this is David expressing his personal relationship with God. 
he, he's de- describing God as the shepherd who makes him to lie down. We're talking about now the rest of faith. Come on, God wants you to rest in your faith in Him. The word faith there, not to get technical on you, but the word faith is the Greek word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S, which means to believe in Christ as the Messiah. So God is wanting us to rest in our belief in Him as the Messiah, our Saviour. Are you with me? He's wanting us to rest in that. You see, so the walk, say this, the walk of salvation is not a toil, it is a rest. Some of you are so tired right now, you couldn't even repeat that sentence. Say this with me, the walk with God is a rest and not a toil. You know, Jesus, uh, the Bible says that, you know, when obviously Adam, when Adam sinned, part of the curse that came upon him, you know, the father that, that they had perfect communion with, uh, he, he said, from now on, you're gonna sweat by the work of your brow. And Jesus on His way to the cross, one of the things that took place is that they put a crown on His head and the Bible also talks about the crown that pierced His brow and blood came out of it. So Jesus redeemed us from the curse. Come on, right there. That is the same curse it's talking about. You will work by the sweat of your brow. He took a thorn so that, no, so that we would be able to rest in His salvation. Rest in the provision that He has made for us. Now that doesn't mean that rest means the absence of labour. Rest does not mean the absence of labour. Rest simply means that I have faith in God, that He who promises faithful, that means I'm not going to be moved by my circumstances. I will not be swayed by situations. I will not be swayed by circumstances. I will only be swayed and live in the rest that God has given to me. And when we posture ourselves in that place of rest, God is is then able to do His part for us and the Holy Spirit working through us is able and the angels of heaven are able to be dispatched on your behalf, bringing about every situation where all things work out together for the good for those who love God. Too many Christians in the body of Christ that are not, that, are, that instead of resting, you are toiling. There are Christians in the body of Christ that are so fatigued. And, and a Christian that is fatigued is not letting the fruit of salvation work on the inside of them. How can you have joy? How can you have peace? How can you have righteousness, peace and joy flowing in your life when you are in a posture of unrest? You can't do it. It's not possible. But my question to you is this, is that what Jesus paid the price for for you? 
No, no, no. I'm talking about being postured in a place of, of stress, in a place of uh, all, uh, that's not His provision for you. I'm not preaching a paralyzing message to you this morning that says you do nothing, He does everything. No, that's not what we're doing. No, 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 you're simply postured in a confidence. You're not confident in who you are. You're confident in who He is working in you and you, you, you choose to believe the report of the provision of Christ's cross and what it acquired for you and you depend on it and you live your life like it, like He did, He said, <laughs> come on, He did what He said He did. Either He did what He said He did or He didn't. But all it takes, the Bible says in the Songs of Solomon, chapter two, verse 15, it takes, yea, verily, the small foxes. Don't you know it's the small foxes that destroy the vine? Or a little leaven leavens the whole lump. It just takes a little bit of, of something else getting, it, getting its foot into the door. To come and rob you of your joy. And I had to make an attitude adjustment just in the last 24 hours, just personally. But I've got to choose to walk in the joy of the Lord. I've got to choose. I mean, you know, we, we, we were away this week and we were in San Antonio uh, uh, just as a family. And uh, we got there on the first night and, and uh, we went, you know, my wife is extremely tidy if you know her. Uh, you know, <laughs> everything's tidy in the house as much as possible. But, but she came in, the first thing she did, because we, we brought our dog, our little uh, wiener dog with us in the back of the van. So, the, I mean, it was like a whole family, including the pets. And so the, the dog comes along with us. And of course, we didn't give the dog like medicine that can help them from feeling carsick. And so, you know, she's did everything all over her stuff inside the car. Fortunately, we put her inside her cage in her. So she was like, she, she, was, she didn't get to do all of that all over the vehicle. And so anyway, we dealt with that. We got to the house and then the, the, the washing machine went, we put everything into the washing machine, boom, the whole cycle's going. And then all of a sudden goes into the spin cycle and the clothes are loaded with water and it doesn't go into spin cycle. So now we've got to get the thing dry. How are we going to do that? I mean, like you can't, be, we'll have to put the laundry, I mean, the dryer on for 10 cycles before the thing gets dry. Great, no problem. This is, we're good, we're good. So then we figure out there's a laundromat place down the road. We went, got everything cycled properly and then put it back in the dryer at the place we were staying at. So we figured that all out. But then we get back yesterday and we do the first load of laundry and our washing machine decides to not spin anymore. So I'm just about to take authority over my washing machine and say, come out, you foul spirit of non-spinningness. You know, but you know, it's just kind of like little things will just get under your skin and irritate you. But I cannot, I cannot afford to allow that to come and rob me of my peace. Because no matter how things need to move forward, either which way, something's gonna work out. 
You know what I mean? And me being irritated about it, it's not gonna change the situation. It won't even move the washing machine by one inch. And now I'm all emotionally distraught. (laughs) Washing machine. (laughs) Lord, help me in church today. (laughs) Washing machine. Come on. Don't tell me you never came to church irritated about something before. Come in, you're right outside that door. You're walking, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, look at me like that. You know it's true. And somehow when you get to do that, within five minutes, the Holy Spirit begins to take over and then you all of a sudden, thank you, Jesus. Lord, I'm so sorry for being an idiot. Come on. But that's, that's now, you, you see, there's a choice to stay in rest or there's a, cho- a choice to go into turmoil. There's a choice to go into, okay, what am I gonna do? To, okay, we've got to figure out how to solve the problem, of course, but, but now I become so occupied, independent of the anointing working through me to get everything taken care of. And now I've gone over into my own strength, trying to take care of it. When I'm doing it on my own strength, I wanna hit somebody, you know? The washing machine, that is. That's not the rest of God. When it's out of your control and you can do nothing about it, it's not in your control. Therefore, you cannot allow that situation to come and bring a hindrance. I mean, it, I mean, if you don't watch it, it'll, it'll turn your whole, I mean, it'll bring a cloud into your house that'll just hover there. And you, may, you know, sometimes we like to just hover in it too. You know, that's also true. <laughs> I know I'm mad right now. I want to be mad. Come on, you know, that's the truth too. And it's a choice by faith. Father, I thank you that where I am weak, you are strong. Let your strength work in me right now. Let me not react. Help me to respond and work this out in love. Help me. Give me the mind of Christ. Let me, tell me what to do. Amen? Amen. Come on, I just thought I should share that as an example this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Washing machine. (laughs) Anyway, so. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. And David's here talking about the same thing. In fact, David is describing the overflow of his faith in God. He is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He is, his, his psalm here is written from an overflow of his revelation of the Father, who He is to Him. This is what He, this is who He is declaring God to me. He leads me in besides the still waters and He restores my soul. 
That's why Jesus, we are the sheep of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the head of the church. We are His sheep. But, but the sheep, remember, are, are, are the shepherd is loving and taking care. The shepherd leaves the 99 to go after the one. The shepherd is loving the sheep. And here, he, he, the description here, He leads me besides green pastures. He makes me to lie down. Just like one of the little sheep that come and fold their legs down onto the ground and they're postured. And guess what that sheep is feeling? The sheep is feeling no lack of confidence. The sheep is feeling no fear whatsoever. Why? Because he knows the shepherd is right next to him. Amen. Amen. Somebody say, the shepherd is right next to me. Say, the shepherd is always with me. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to read the rest of the psalm here. He restores my soul. He guides me into paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for You are with me. Come on, say this. I will fear no evil because He is with me. All right, now, so let me just, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for He is with me. So in other words, sometimes we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, evidently. And that is where your faith in Him is tested. I mean, we know if you take, you know, you, you'll, you know, you'll find out what's on the inside. Like when you squeeze a, a tube of toothpaste, you know that when you squeeze it hard enough that there's toothpaste coming on the outside. But, but, but you know, when, when your faith is tested, you'll find out what's on the inside of you. Is it righteousness, joy and peace? Or is it fear? Come on. For your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. I want to say this, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, normally the rod is a a symbol of authority and and, and the rod uh, is is, uh, uh, also a symbol of correction. It says, but your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that God, what? Chastises those whom He loves. The word chastisement there or chastising means trains up like as a, a, a parent does a child. Are you with me? So you, you are, that's why we, we, we train up your child in the way that they should go. When they're older, they won't depart from it. But the rod represents, and some, the correction is training. In other words, if I'm asking my child to walk on a straight line here and they're deviating, I can take my staff and just move it to the side. I'm correcting his posture. I'm correcting his ability to walk straight. And I will take that staff and bring him back onto track. Let him go for a few steps if he decides 
decides to go the other way, I can take that rod and correct him and bring him in a little bit. Are you with me? That is the same correction. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So even when you are going off path, you must have faith that He is the one who will correct your path, but you've got to rest in Him in order for the staff to work. Don't, don't, don't rebel against Him helping you. Help Him help you. <laughs> Not help me help you. Help me help you. Help Him help you help me. Well, you know what I mean. He says, I will fear no evil for you are with me. No evil. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And you anoint my head with oil. God, you anoint my head with oil. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You anoint my head with oil. You prepare a table for me in the midst of my enemies. Father, there's some people that, that are really irritating me. There's some people like, whatever, come on. There might even be some spirits at play that, that even in the workplace are those people are being used to come and antagonize you. And, and, and then guess what? But you posture yourself and say, I thank you, Jesus. And you don't have to go and rebuke them in the middle of your workplace. Use a little bit of, you don't have to do that. But behind the scenes, you can say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke every demonic spirit that is trying to come up against me to hinder me. I thank you that I have favour in my workplace. My bosses love me. Everybody loves me. Everybody's excited about me working in this. Whatever is there, expose every bit of darkness in the name of Jesus. And then don't like, and then if the opposite happens like two minutes after, don't get discouraged. Just posture yourself and say, I don't care what's gonna happen. You've gotta be able to, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil. Why? Because there are more for you than are against you. You have more angels dispatched with you than any demonic forces that are against you. And if you will stay the course by the authority of the one who's on the inside of you, you know, it does, now I'm not saying, I mean, the Bible says, resist the devil. So you gotta resist him. Don't allow, what's on, don't allow that to come and oppress you. Are you with me? Now, I'm not saying you won't sense anything, but don't allow it to come and rob you of your joy. Don't allow it to come and rob you of your peace. Come on, have you noticed that I'm trying to keep you over into peace, joy and righteousness? All right, we're almost there. I ended up in chapter 30. I don't know how I did that right now. All right. You prepare a table for me in the midst of my enemies. Guess what? That's, that's the word of the Lord. That is the word of the Lord for you. That in your frustration, when God visited Gideon in the wine press, rise up your mind, the angel of the Lord comes to him, rise up your mighty man of valour. Of course, we know every preacher under the sun is made 
every possible angle on that, you know, it's like, who, me? You know, that whole story. And then they, you know, but the point of the matter is he, he, he's insignificant. He's from the tribe of Manasseh. It's the weakest tribe. And of the weakest tribe, he's the weakest of the weakest tribe. And he's so insignificant. Are you with me? But I'm here to tell you the Word of the Lord, just like the angel of the Lord comes and declares, prophesies to Gideon, you mighty man of valour. The Word of the Lord for us today is, He prepares a table for you in the midst of your enemies. So that means maybe the enemy thinks he has an advantage over you right now. But you're postured in a place of rest, believing that God is for you. And you know the end of the day looks like you sitting at a table, feasting in the favour and blessing of the Lord and your enemies who have been devising and planning and plotting against you all look at you as God promotes you, as God shines His anointing upon you, as God begins to deliver you from your enemies. You are feasting at a table in the middle of the ones who were persecuting you, in the middle of the ones who were coming against you. God has a table for you to feast at in the midst of your enemies. And guess what? When your enemies come around you, you're not gonna be going, na 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 na. What you're gonna do is you're actually gonna do this, you're gonna say this, come sit at the table and eat. Why? Because you're gonna heap coals on them. So the name of the game in the spirit isn't getting even, Stephen. Amen, that's not the way it works. In fact, it makes them mad when you genuinely pour love back at them. Somebody say this with me. God has a table for me prepared in the midst of my enemies. God's gonna deliver your enemy into your hand, amen? Thank you, Jesus. I know you're very excited about this today. He anoints your head with oil. Your cup overflows with His goodness. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely goodness, my angel goodness. Come on, it says here, surely goodness and loving kindness. I've got two angels, goodness and loving kindness following me all the days of my life. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you like that you have two angels, goodness and loving kindness, that's following you all the days of your life? Thank you, Jesus. I'm, I'm almost done here. Somebody say, rest the rest of faith. got so much more, but I'll, I'll be disciplined. The rest of faith. You know, the book of Hebrews, the fourth chapter. Perfect timing. The fourth chapter of the book of Hebrews. 
New Covenant language, that whole chapter is talking about coming into that rest. And I haven't even touched on Hebrews chapter 4 and anything else. The king for the kingdom of heaven is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Ron Canoli actually had a song with that. But, but chapter 4 is talking about Adam in the garden. He was in perfect rest. Then, the, then, then, then Paul begins to speak in that chapter, uh, in, in, in chapter 4 about coming back into that rest. In fact, I think somewhere around verse 11 and 12, he says, Therefore labour to enter into that rest. What rest? The rest that Jesus purchased that Adam had in the beginning. The rest that Adam, that Jesus won back for us that Adam had from the beginning. Well, you're no longer sweating by the work of your brow because He redeemed you from the curse of that. Amen? That you are Holy Spirit led in everything that you do. Come on, somebody. Paul says, labour to... He didn't just say, now enter into that rest. He says, labour. Why do you think he uses the word labour? Because it's something you've always got to remind yourself to stay in. Labour. In other words, be conscious on a regular basis. Are you in rest or are you out of rest? Are you depending and having faith in Christ to be the one to deliver you in the midst of your enemies? Or do you have faith in yourself? Because you've got to learn to recognise when you're trying to take control instead of you giving God the control. Amen? It's not up to you. Say, it's not up to me. I can change certain circumstances, say that. But I can trust the Holy Spirit working in me to deliver me and to deliver me the blueprints on what to do and how to do it so that I can stay in the rest that He has given me. In Jesus' Name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 